You're listening to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Now, here's Justin Fielder, Derek Stafford, and Tyler Schaefer. Hello and welcome to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Justin here along with the cousins Derek and Tyler. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Husker CuzCast for all podcast updates and more. It is our Big Ten preview episode. Derek, don't we look forward to this episode every single year? It's one of my favorite episodes. Oh, yeah. This is, this is the time of year where we go through all big, big Ten teams, look at the schedule, pick out the wins and losses, and good God, for me this year, this was the most challenging time or year that I've ever had to do this. There were so many teams that I had no idea which way to go. Tyler, did you struggle? Yes and no. I mean, I think it's interesting because 2020 was such a weird year, right? So, I mean, stats don't really mean anything from last year. It's hard to really read a lot into it. Um, You know, the records don't really peel. And everyone has so many returning starters because of the super senior. Like, I don't know if you can even get, like, a gauge on that. So, it it is a little bit more challenging. I I do think it's going to be interesting this year because I see a lot of parity maybe in the Big Ten. You know what? So... I thought so also when I was uh, headed into this. I kind of had like this preconceived idea on the records for each of these teams headed into this exercise. And when I got down to it, it wasn't there wasn't that much parity at all. I'm all across the I'm, I'm all over the place here. Derek, what about you? Well, I want to add to what Tyler said, and it's not just the super seniors. It's the fact that we have how many people that were sitting out last year coming back that were starters the year before. Yeah. I mean, it, it, this is – and then, again, like I said, I, I think for the most part, you just kind of erase last year because it's hard to look at records. It's hard to look at uh, stats because because nobody played – hell, nobody played the same amount of games. Right. So, so how, how do you how do you knock it all down into trying to judge it? So, yeah, this was definitely by far the hardest uh, year to, to pick all this. So we're going to give it our best shot here. Uh, We're going to do something a little bit different. Usually we try to do the East in one episode and the West in another episode. Uh, We got a game here, what, three weeks, guys? So we're going to truncate all this stuff. We're going to do all the Big Ten in one episode. Every team except Nebraska because we're saving Nebraska for next week for a Husker preview. Uh, But... uh, Let's let's just go ahead and get let's get into this. Uh, each of us have been designated a team, and I'm just going to go down the list and uh, introduce that team. We'll talk about it and move on to the next. Let's start off with the East. Uh, Tyler, you're first with Indiana. Yeah, so Indiana is returning eight starters on offense and nine on defense. Uh, last year they were the probably the biggest surprise maybe in the country going six and two. Um, some of the key big returners are Michael Penix, um, who is returning from an ACL injury, Ty Freigel, their wide receiver, and Micah McFadden at linebacker. You know, when you look at Indiana, I think that you, when you talk about the strengths of the team, you have to start with Michael Penix. Um, he had such a great year last year, um, arguably the second best quarterback in the conference uh, after Justin Fields. Um, he, he's coming off an ACL injury, which again I mentioned, and I'll hit back on in a second. Um, I also think when you look at that team, uh, a couple other strengths is I think they're coaching. Um, I think Tom Allen and company has turned that into one of the top three or four coaching staffs in the Big Ten. 
And I also think you look at a team, it is as balanced of a team in the Big Ten. And by balanced, I mean they are good offensively and defensively. Um, a lot of these teams really favor one side. I think they are balanced across the board. Um, when I look at the weaknesses, I think you have to look at their offensive line. They finish 116th uh, yards per carry. Secondary, uh, their secondary is pretty bad. And then Penix health. Like, if he is healthy, you know he's going to be a baller. But right. how does he? how is he recovering from the ACL? I think that is a, if you don't want to say it's a weakness, it's definitely a huge question mark. Well, you know, last year they were still competitive when he went out. When he went out, they were still competitive. So, I mean, I forget the quarterback that came in for him. Uh, but anyway, that that whole team is one of like – they're kind of like my favorite team out of the East headed into this year, you know. It's kind of like the underdog. Tyler, we've been guilty of this over the past many years doing this podcast. Every year it's like – we're getting behind Indiana, and we're going to roll with it. Usually they let us down, and the one year that we weren't behind them is when they had a great year. So, But I'm kind of I'm kind of on board with them this year. They're, I don't think they're not going to have it in them to you know, win the East by no means uh, or even be competitive. Or not, they'll be competitive, but they're not going to win it. Uh, but it's going to be a fun football team. They got some uh, pretty interesting games. Uh, oh, Tyler, did you want to talk about the games? Well, yeah. I, I mean, I was just going to say when you look at when I look at their schedule, one of the things we're going to do is we're going to talk about kind of their, you know, what we consider their their most intriguing matchups. And, and to me, I think this is not the most uh, interesting take. But my top two are Penn State and Ohio State. I, I, I and the reason is because. I do think this is a year that um, Indiana is at that tier. And can they pull one of those upsets? Can they get one of those, I guess, key wins here? Um, if you look back last year with Ohio State, um, they were within a touchdown of beating them. They kind of got screwed by Ohio State by the fact that Ohio State got in the Big Ten Championship and got the playoff berth. Um, and then you look at the uh, Penn State. That, that was the first game of the season. Um, they pulled out just a overtime win by one point um kind of set the season up for them and down for penn state i think both of those are really really intriguing matchups for them this year all right let's get derek involved in here go go derek uh you know if you want to talk about intriguing matchups how about the first week of the damn season against iowa that's where i was headed yeah like that that game like that that sets the tone for the season if you because if you can't beat iowa it, it could be a long season for you but if you beat iowa Things could be heading in the right direction. And not only Iowa, but here in the first couple, three or four weeks of the season, uh, three, third week of the season is Cincinnati. Yeah. You know, I mean, you're playing against Luke Fickle, who's been tearing it up there in the AAC. And there's, there's a lot of people I don't know that uh, Cincinnati well, – a lot of people think Cincinnati's going to beat Indiana. Yeah. I, those are good uh, picks. And, and I just want to add real quick to so, that. So I, 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 th- I think their season's going to be truncated on those first – three or four games like you got to win those games it, it derek those are those are games that i had circled too i i, I didn't want to list all, every game and and i won't disagree one thing i just want to add and i think this will be a theme throughout this episode this is the first year of the big 10 doing a lot of these conference matchups week one i mean how excited are you for that first week of football season is this the best first week of football season we've ever had like with all these great Big Ten matchups that you're going to see right out the gates, like it's amazing. Yeah, it is. It really is. Uh, and it's, we'll get into those other teams. 
it, it'll be tough to pick five games to pick in that first week. Because there's not only Big Ten, but across the country, there's a lot of big games that first week. Keeping it with Indiana here, uh, in their first five games at Iowa, Cincinnati, and at Penn State for Indiana there. Is there a chance that Indiana will be facing three top 15 teams during that time? I mean, is yeah, Iowa I mean, top 15 team preseason I, I what, when the polls come out? Gonna be, I think they could be. I think they have the talent to be a top 15 team for sure. I don't know where the rankings are going to be, but yeah, I mean, that that is – Derek, you said that, and that was a really good observation. I mean, like Indiana, again, especially when you get to that Penn State game, I, I think – Maybe I'm tipping my cap a little bit on these picks as I go, but I think that Penn State game is really a defining. Is right before their bye week. If they, even if they're four, three, and one going into that game, if they, if they can, man, if they, if they win that game, I mean that that's a really big. They could be competing for the East. I know you said you don't see it there, but if they could pull off that game against Penn State, I mean, there's a real shot there. Yeah, they have a one hell of a receiving core too. They're they're going to be a fun team to watch. I, I mean, I made it for real this time, <laughs> not like the times that we talked about it. Uh, but can I just ask? And I guess we're going to get in this. Is there any concern that Indiana? You know, I think we've talked a lot about the COVID. Is there any chance that you guys see Indiana like the opposite effect that maybe they were just a little bit better than they usually are because of COVID? They you know. They kind of got lucky against Penn State week one, and they kind of rode high, you know, with that schedule. I mean, they they were overly impressive against Rutgers, um, you know, and, and you know, obviously they ended the year with the end. I mean, are you a little bit like, could there is there a chance? Do you guys think there's any chance they're fools gold right now? Are you buying them? I'm buying them. I I just think that their schedule is really freaking tough. I don't know how they're going to get past that. Uh, I'm trying to flip through this uh, Phil Steele magazine because I thought he had in his uh, All-American list like two guys from Indiana in as uh, for All-Americans. And I probably can't find it right now. But, uh, I mean, they, they have a lot of talent on that roster. Lot, loads of talent. I'm going to give up. I can't find this shit. Uh, this, is, this is the most I've bought into Indiana. And I don't. I don't think it's just because of last year. I, they, they they're showing. They've shown signs of improvement. Uh, they're returning almost everybody from last year. You talked about that. I just. I don't see. A, I don't see a lot of drop off there right now. Maybe they did get lucky against Penn State, but it was a momentum builder, and then it just kept steamrolling from there on. And I, that's why I think the beginning of the season is so important for them, because if they can start off winning a bunch of these games. It's gonna to be tough to stop them overall. Yeah, I and just just for your, I, I, this isn't Phil Steele, but uh, the Pick Six previews, um, you know, they have uh, Ty Fry Fryfrogel at wide yeah. receiver, um, and then uh, McFadden, um, who I had mentioned, uh, two key yep. returners in All American. So, and then Phil Steele also lists uh, one more on defense, uh, Taiwan Mullen. Uh, cornerback. So three guys on Phil Steele's All American list, which is freaking awesome for Indiana. But that schedule is tough. Uh, Tyler, what is your projected twenty twenty one record for Indiana? I think they're going to have a really good year. Um, I, I got them nine and three. Nine and three, nice. I, I have them at eight and four and five and four in the Big Ten. Derek, 
I have them at nine and three and six and three in the Big Ten. Really? Uh, okay. Well, I also have them at six and three in the Big Ten. Um, but yes. All right. Uh, let's move on to Maryland, Derek. All right, good old Maryland Terrapins. Uh, they were two and three last year. Struggled some games. They had a little problems with COVID, where they uh, had a pretty long stretch of not playing. They returned eight on offense, nine on defense. They got some key returners, especially on offense with uh, Talia Tagavailoa. Uh, they got Dante Dimas Jr., a wide receiver who was uh, pretty dynamic last year. He was only a freshman, but he led the team in, re- in receiving yards. And then they got uh, uh, defensive tackle or defensive end, Mosai Nasili Kite, who uh, was really pretty strong on the on that defensive line. So he he could be a force to be reckoned with. Uh, mostly it's it's offense, but never never count the defense either. You know. Uh, their strengths. I, I think their wide receiver room is the strengths. They have uh, that I mentioned Dante Dimas, Ra- Raheem Jarrett, Jason Jones, and they added Marcus Fleming out of Nebraska. You know he was transferred out of Nebraska. Loved him. Yep, great guy. Uh, they, they have very they have very deep room there in the, for for wide receivers. Uh, for for weaknesses, I, I went with the quarterback health. In, in the last four, uh, fourteen, the last sixteen years. Maryland has had not had the same starter for all for all their games. Uh, in the in the last since 2014, they have not had a quarterback that passed for over 1,500 yards, and this has all been injury related. Like they've just really struggled to keep their quarterback healthy. So as far as weakness goes, I, I you have to. I, I guess you blame that maybe on offensive line. I don't know where you want to blame it, but you got to you got to find a way to keep that quarterback healthy. Yeah, uh, Tyler, your thoughts on Maryland? I, you know, I, I, wide receiver. I think Derek hit it really well there. I, I, again, I think their quarterback. I mean, you know, there's a lot to be made about the quarterbacks in the Big Ten this year, and I feel like people are sleeping on him. When I see these preseason polls about you know top four, his name's not getting mentioned, and maybe statistically he's not going to put up the numbers, but with those weapons and his talent, what he showed last year, I mean, I think he is. He's a guy that I would put in the strength. Maybe the health will derail it, like Derek pointed out. That's an interesting stat. That might be the stat of the night um, or, or early taking for that. But that I think he's the real deal if he can stay healthy. I think their biggest weakness is their coach, Mike Longsley. I mean, that's that's the thing. Maryland, they, they tend to start off the year pretty decent, you know, look good. And then something happens, and I, I don't know what it is, but – don't bet on Maryland after like the fourth game. You will lose. <laughs> you will lose. Uh, that's the bit. But God, they they do have talent. One thing that Mike Loxley, what he's been doing, he's been accumulating talent, and he's been recruiting talent. Uh, I just don't know why he can't put it all together. It's, I mean, I, I don't know. Derek, what is your projected record for Maryland this year? Intriguing games. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Yep, we skipped over intriguing right, games. Well, let's, let's do some intriguing games. I'm going to start off with uh, their first game of the year with West Virginia. It's an it's an old rivalry game. 
Uh, it's a tough game for them, guys. I, I, West Virginia's not an easy win, especially for a team like Maryland. But I think I think that's a game that if you win, you could kind of gain some momentum and maybe pick up a little bit of headwind. I don't know if I see it happening. But at the end of the day, I think their other intriguing game I came up with was Rutgers. And I think a lot of that's going to come down to who's going to be the bottom dweller. <laughs> and so I, that's the only reason I could come up with another intriguing game for them. Really? I think you're missing a team in there for bottom dweller, but we can get into that later. Uh, Tyler, anything got, to add? I got, I got three of them that could fight for it. Yeah, so. well, me too. And, and the same thought process Derek had with Rutgers, I, I'm going to throw that Michigan State game in there. I think that's for the, the Big Ten East Sacco. Um, and, yeah, that that was – West Virginia was on my list too. Um, Rutgers, I think, is on there. But, yeah, I mean, the, the Michigan State game was probably the, the other really intriguing game. Um and there's also, you know, again, they're on the road there. It, it's, uh, yeah, it'll be a very interesting game. All right, projected record, Derek. I have them going four and eight and two and eight in the big, or two and seven in the Big Ten. Yeah, exact same for me. Uh, four and eight, two and uh, two and seven in the Big Ten. So, well, I I agree with you guys with the four and eight, but I have uh, uh, one and eight. In conference, I think they're going to sweep all of their non-conference opponents. I think they're going to struggle. Uh, many of the reasons that I gave away earlier. I think Mike Loxley gets worse as the time goes by, but uh, we'll see there. Uh, West Virginia, that would be an upset. That would be a fairly decent upset week one. It would be. Yeah. They managed, they managed to find a way to beat Texas. Just had to throw that out there it, just for fun. It's, po- it, hey, it's possible. Not 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 the craziest thing Twice. Justin will say tonight. <laughs> All right, I'm going to take Michigan here. Uh, I'm going to pick up the pace here. We're kind of lagging on time, but uh, returning starters on offense, they have ten. All but their quarterback are returning. They did p- bring in a quarterback, Alan uh, Bowman from Texas Tech. He's good, not great. You know, put up decent numbers while he was there. Probably an improvement for what they had last year, you know, with uh, Joe Melton, you know, who's gone now. On defense, they bring back seven, including their top four tacklers, but they do have a new defensive coordinator. For some reason, they shit canned uh, Don Brown and brought in Mike McDonald. We'll see how that pans out. Uh, Games of interest for me, I think there's two that uh, really scream at me here. Uh, They play Washington at home. And then at Wisconsin, two games that are going to be huge and they're going to be fun. Going to be fun. The record in 2020 was two and four. You know, they started off the year. uh, Well, they started off the year, beat the shit out of uh, number 21, Minnesota. And everyone's like, wow, Michigan's going to be really good. I fell for it. I know. But their other win, they needed three overtimes to beat Ruggers. And then they lost their other four. Uh, But. I think they're going to be significantly improved from last year. They got a lot of talent on that team still. And, you know, we've kind of talked about Jim Harbaugh. Maybe there's a little bit of pressure on that guy. I think they're going to come forward. Derek? Uh, as far as intriguing games go, I like you, you hit them nail on the head there. I, that was two I picked. Uh, that Wisconsin game, I think the reason it's so intriguing to me is I'm curious to know how – 
badly. They get beat up before they have to come play in Nebraska. Yeah. Tyler? The, the only intriguing game I would add, and that, which is, I mean, I think the the most intriguing for Michigan because I think this is the game that depend that will dictate if Jim Harbaugh has a job or not is Ohio State. I mean, that that is the game. I mean, that is at that point in the season, especially when you get to records, I think if they lose that game, Harbaugh's out of a job in Michigan is going to be in a world of hurt because they are going to be rebuilding and I don't think they're going to get another coach like Harbaugh. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think that is my number one. Okay. Uh projected 2021 record for me. I have Michigan going 8 and 4, 6 and 3 in conference. Derek. I have Michigan going 8 and 4. I am going 5 and 4 in Big 10. Really? Okay. Tyler. Um I I've got them 7 and 5. Um and I and I've got them going uh um 5 and 4 in the Big 10. Wow. I will. I will say this. I had to change a few games around because after I got done doing it, I realized I had Michigan going like six and six. So I had to change <laughs> a few games around because I didn't think they would be that bad. See, and that goes to the part you know what I was talking about when I was going through these. I had a preconceived idea on what these teams would do, and then when you start doing the wins and losses in both columns, it's like that don't seem right. Yeah. Yeah. I, they they could be better than eight and four even. I. I but. I, I, cu- I couldn't settle with him at 6-6. Six and six. I was like, there's no way I see Jim Harbaugh going 6-6 six and six with everything on the line this year. Yeah. Uh, Tyler, we're going to bounce it to you with Michigan State. Yep. Uh, well, this, this should be interesting, as uh, I think we've all kind of tipped our hats of what we think Michigan State will be. But they are returning nine starters on offense, seven on defense. Uh, they were two and five last year. Um, however, they did have a uh, victory against Michigan and uh, Northwestern. Uh, interesting enough, um, you know they do have a couple of key returners with a, a pair of wide receivers, and Jalen Nyler and J- uh, Jaden Reed um, are probably the, the the two names that are the key returners. Um, so when I look at this team at Michigan State, I think they have weapons. I think they they have better than average weapons um on the outside i think they can challenge but when i look at their weakness i i have to go to coaching like you kind of pointed out with maryland i think that's similar with uh michigan state quarterback they might be the worst quarterback situation in the big 10 and their offensive line is terrible so there there is a lot of glaring weaknesses there um, you don't like that quarterback at all no do you i mean he's he's not ideal i don't, I don't think I don't think he's terrible. I mean, he put up good numbers at Temple. I mean, I, I don't know how that trans. That's probably not going to translate well into uh, the Big Ten because I don't think he has the weapons. But I mean, well, I think he's got the weapons. I just don't. I think do the, they. I think their wide receivers are good. I think they've actually got decent weapons. Okay. Um, I don't know. What do you think, Derek? Yeah, I, this this is a team that's tough to read. Uh, I don't think the coaching's as bad as you guys think it is. I, I it, it's not the top guy I would have picked, but I, I don't think he's a terrible replacement for Mark D'Antonio. I, I he's average at least. I think he'll do. I think he'll win some games. I, I don't. I don't think they're the bottom dweller quite of the Big Ten. They're a work in progress. I mean, they are. They're oh, absolutely, they are. So yeah, yeah. 
it, it, and, and so my, my most intriguing games for them are Maryland, kind of very similar for the same reason I had Maryland, and then Michigan. I mean, I think that rivalry game, after beating them last year, can they do it again? Uh, can they pull that upset again? I think those are the two games I circled throughout for their most intriguing games. Derek? Uh, I went with at Miami because I I think Miami's a really good team this year, and it'd be I'd be curious to know how they stack, stack up against them. And I also went with at Northwestern because kind of for the same reason. They beat them last year. Can they do it again? Because if they could do it two years in a row, then I think this shows a lot of progress. Yeah. yeah I'm really intrigued, just to throw a Nebraska reference out here, that Michigan State-Nebraska game. And for the only reason I am intrigued is because of uh, FPI. Derek, when we were looking at the FPI for that game, Michigan State was like 60, what they favored, 64% chance to win that game. And it blew my mind. I was like, what that 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 just doesn't make sense to me anyway uh but yeah that's that's an intriguing uh, game to I, me I, I i don't know how they figure fpi but you have to kind of wonder a little bit of what how much they're taking into the fact that we're coming off the oklahoma game back to back road games I, I i don't know yeah it shouldn't yeah, be that high to, to me some, <laughs> i i wouldn't think so either but well, Adam McClintock, I mean, he's similar in that situation. I mean, he he thinks that's a game Nebraska could trip up in. So, yeah, I mean, it's not true. just FP and I. Uh, what is your 2021 projection? I, I got them 4-8. and eight. Um, um, I have them 4-8, and, and then I have them 3-6 uh, uh, and six in the Big Ten. Derek? I have them four and eight, but I have them two and seven in the in the Big Ten. Okay, and I'm don't don't shoot me, guys. Don't shoot me here. I have them three and nine and zero oh and nine in the Big Ten. You haven't beaten Miami. Yeah, I do. Oh. <laughs> I do. I, I think you're batshit crazy, but okay. I I do too. I do too, but. <laughs> I, I can't figure it out. I, I, oh, I penciled in for I told you, Justin was going to say something crazier. Yeah, I mean. Yeah? <laughs> I, yep. You got me there. Uh, Did you think it was Miami of Ohio? It's okay. We've all made that mistake. We've all seen Miami. It's like, oh, yeah, oh Miami it's not Miami of Ohio? <laughs> Shoot. No, I, I don't know why I picked that. But I did. Not like it means. Take anything. it back now. Yeah, I'm not taking it back. Hey, remember last year I, I picked Ruggers to beat uh, Michigan State in the opener. Boom, boom, boom. Won that one. Maybe I'll get revenge. All right, uh, Ohio State, Derek. All right, here's the cream of the crop right here, boys. Uh, man, I tell you, this is uh, this is. They went seven and one last year. I, I don't see a lot of drop off here. They only got six returning on offense and five returning on defense. So they're replacing a lot. So it's somewhat of a rebuild year for them. But Ohio State don't really rebuild. They reload, right? Yeah. Uh, key returners. I mean, they got two stud wide receivers and Chris Olave 
and Garrett Wilson, who are going to be almost impossible to stop the duo. I mean, you might be able to shut one down, but you're not shutting both of them down, likely. Uh, and then they got Haskell Garrett, who was, a le- I think, the leader in their sacks last year and was just a beast. And, and let's not forget, this is the guy that got shot in the face last summer and still made the starter, starting game against Nebraska. And this is how tough this guy is. Got shot in the face and didn't even miss a freaking game. So he's a beast. I, I think he will continue to do well. Uh, their strengths is recruiting to me. I, these guys have, I mean, they've had six five stars in 2021. And then three five stars in every other year. They continue to just get five stars left and right. They're top five, top ten defense or, uh, in the nation every year. I, they just have so many studs. So I, I'm just going to leave recruiting as their strength because that's how you reload is by by recruiting. Yeah. And their weakness, I'm actually going to go with their quarterbacks for right now. This could this really? change my mind. You, you could change my mind, but Ohio State has. Has no quarterback on the roster as a pass attempt in a college football game. The last time that Ohio State had zero quarterbacks with a pass attempt in college football was 1952. I guess that team is so talented. If you need to find a weakness, I mean that has to be it. The inexperience right there. I mean that's has yeah, to be. I mean but. they have they have zero experience at, at, at quarterback, and I. If there's going to be anything that's going to hurt him, it's going to be that. Tyler? Uh, I don't disagree. I, I just I don't think that's going to be a playoff. If Ohio State isn't competing for a playoff, it will be because of their quarterback. Because it's not any other place on this roster. I do think that defense, though, like, I, I don't know how big a believer I am on that defense. I think that offense is going to be really good. They're going to run. They, they have the as good a weapons as, I mean... They might have the best weapons, at least at wide receivers, anyone in the country. Um, they've got an amazing offensive line. I mean, their defense might be a weakness, um, especially that back half. But, I, yeah, I mean, I, I would agree that if they are going to not make the playoff, it's going to be because of their quarterback play. Uh, intriguing games, Derek? All right. I'm going to start with the Oregon game. That game, I, I think Oregon could be a really good team this year. So I think that could be a slobber knocker right there. I, it could be a fun game. Uh, and, and I think Penn State later in the year. I, that game could settle the West, right, there, or the East right there. It will, yeah. Because I think those are the only two teams that really have a chance to compete for the East. And so I think that game, those two games to me were top-notch. Tyler? I'm going to add in one more. I have Penn State as my number one, but my number two is Minnesota. I think these are the two best offenses in the Big Ten. I, I, I kind of mentioned that I'm a, not super high on Ohio State's defense. I th- still think they're probably a top five unit, but I, I think there could be a lot of yards, a lot of points in that game. I, I'm not saying Minnesota's going to win, but that could be a really actually more of a shootout than people think. That's a- they, ha- they, have a, they do have a ways to go because – Statistically, they were not great defensively last year. And they gave up a lot of big plays. Yeah, again, I think they'll be good. I think they'll be better than average, but I just don't think they're going to be a top three defense. I think you're looking at them in that four through six range on defense. And again, Minnesota, I mean, they have an offense. I think that's a 
first game of the year at Minnesota. It's on the road. I don't I don't think I have Minnesota winning it, but man, that could be a really fun game and it's on Thursday. Uh yeah, my wife's out of town that week and I'm excited because I can watch all the football I want. Are you saying good things about Minnesota right now? That'll change. I, I will say this, I'll <laughs> be rooting for Minnesota in that game. <laughs> all right, your projection for Ohio State is twelve and oh. Yeah. I, I don't think there's anybody on this schedule that's gonna beat them. Tyler. I wanted to go twelve and zero, and I chickened out. I, I put a loss in there. I got them eleven and one. Uh, Who's the loss it, to? It, I, we said we weren't going to do this, but it's Indiana. No shit. Oh wow. That, I, I think look, in, that's I think not, Indiana that's not that crazy. Indiana could do it, and I think Indiana is going to be motivated. I think they're going to be a little bit pissed off about how last season ended and how Ohio State got in over them. Um, yeah. It, you know, it's on the road at Indiana. I again, it, it wouldn't. I would not bet money on this. It's it's more of a like I just don't know if their quarterbacks where it needs to be and their defense where it's need to be to go undefeated. I think Indiana looking at their schedule is like the team that I think could do it. Usually Indiana plays Ohio State really tough. They do. Yeah. They do. I mean they'll play them tough for three quarters and then they fall short in the fourth quarter. But uh, yeah, I shocked. I, I really like that pick. I, I have them going twelve and zero also. Uh, Moving on to me with Penn State. Uh, let's see here. Penn State, they return nine on offense, including their quarterback, Sean Clifford, and uh, their dynamic wide receiver, Johan Dotson. They got a new offensive coordinator also. Uh, defense, they return seven. It was a great defense last year. It's going to be a great defense this year. You know, they were still great last year, even without Micah Parsons. Uh, the games of interest to me right here, is uh, at Wisconsin. They have a game uh, against Auburn also at home. So two awesome games right there. Uh, last year uh, in 2020, they went four and five. You know, and it started like shit. Went zero and five, including losses to Nebraska. But they finished on a four-game winning streak, so they finished strong there. Uh, Derek, your thoughts. Uh, as far as key games go, or uh, intriguing matchups, Auburn's got to be number one, I think. Yeah. Anytime you get that Big Ten SEC matchup, it's 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 always fun, right? Uh, not, but the the next one I had up was Indiana, and I, I think I think that Indiana matchup for them is po- a very good possibility of number two in the East, and it's going to come down to that one game. So I, I find that very interesting, Tyler. Yeah, I, uh, a lot of what you guys said I agree with. I'm just going to add in the Ohio State. I think that was the other one I had written down. That was one of my top two, mainly because I think that, it, you know, I kind of tilted my hand. I think Ohio State will win that game, but I do think Penn State is not just the second-best team in the East. Uh, I think with that defense is probably the second-best team in the Big Ten. Um, so I, I, I really I like Penn State. I think that is for the de facto Big Ten championship, and – um. Yeah, I think that was the other game I'd have in there. Yeah. So headed into twenty twenty one, I really like this Penn State team. You know, their defense was uh, finished number eighteen in twenty twenty. Defense is going to be stout yet again. Uh, I like their wide receiver core. I like their running back core, and it all, all of this really hinges is uh, basically on quarterback Sean Clifford. That dude, he needs a lot of consistency. 
for them to like make that next level to me. Uh, but I mean that to me, that's their really only weakness. Tyler. I, I want to just comment on Sean Clifford. Cause I see a lot of parallels with Sean Clifford and Adrian Martinez. Like I think, you know, they both got benched last year. They both had pretty high expectations in their career. They both have shown flashes of greatness and, you know, I think they're both heading into 2021, and I think they're both looking to have a pretty good year. And they both finished strong. Yeah, uh, I, th- I, mean, I think Sean Clifford finished in the top three in efficiency last year after being benched. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, so yeah. I think there's a lot of parallels there. And I, 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 and I think he is, you know, he, he took a lot of flack early in the year, but I think that he is, I think he's a good quarterback. I mean, he, there's a lot of quarterbacks that are probably better than him, but I think he's a really good quarterback. And um, I brought to get in the picks. Do you just want me to go with my pick, or do you want to? Go, go yeah, go ahead, take it. I, I got them ten and two. Um, I got them uh, going uh, seven and two in the Big Ten. I do too. Ten and two, seven and two in Big ah, Ten. Cross the board, baby. I got the same. All right. Well, maybe that one will be correct if all three of us come up with it. Uh, let's move into the last team in the East, and that's Ruggers. Tyler, you got them. Well, so I, I, I would not have got this right, but Rutgers has 11 returning starters on offense and 10 on defense. Um, their record last year was 3-6. and six. Some notable key uh, um, returners are uh, Noah Vedral, uh, uh, Bo Melton. And, uh, yeah, when I look at the strengths of this team, I mean, obviously they – are returning a lot of talent and i think the second thing is greg shiano took a little bit of a by storm last year because i think he had Rutgers, while not a great team last year they they were a team that every saturday played their asses off i i, I like what he's doing there i think when you look at their weaknesses um th- their offense is bad i mean they're returning 11 starters and yet i still have them as the worst offense in the big 10 uh i don't really think they're gonna be good and the second thing is like Greg Shannon's bringing in a lot of talent, and some of the coaches have alluded to this. They, they think that we might start seeing some of these guys that are a little bit better get sacrificed for youth, a youth movement going on in Rutgers. So I, I do think that the maybe instability of the lineup might be something in spite of all the returning starters. That's pretty pessimistic on you, but you've never been a Greg Shiano fan, so... I just said he's he's do I like a lot what he did last year. He had them playing hard. I just the coaches said it. The Athlon came out with the magazine of the anonymous coaches and like three of them said like, yeah, I'm pretty sure he is going to bail on 2021 and just start playing youth. Like and I'm paraphrasing. They didn't say that for word, but like three different coaches alluded to that same fact that they expect it. I think there's some truth behind that. Derek, your thoughts on Ruggers? Uh, are we doing key, are intriguing games here? Oh, well, I guess Tyler didn't offer the intriguing games, did you? No, I could do that real quick. I mean, for Rutgers, I, my intriguing games are uh, Maryland and Northwestern. Um, wait, did I write that down right? I don't know if I did. I may be looking at the wrong sheet right now. I'm sorry, I am. Maryland and Michigan State is the ones I wrote down. I was like looking at the wrong p- team right there. Yeah, Maryland and Michigan State are my two intriguing games. Derek? I have Syracuse and Illinois uh, as my two intriguing games because I, I, I think they're going to have to sweep uh, their non-con 
to, to have any chance at a bowl. I agree. I agree. And so Syracuse is a huge game for them. Uh, and Illinois on the road, I think, is a tough matchup for them. So I, I think that and that could also lead to being bowl eligible or not. And another game, Michigan State, man. That Michigan State game, I mean, we, we've already identified three of the bottom dwellers, I guess, and uh, Maryland, Ruggers, and Michigan State. So it's all those games, they're going to be dogfights. I don't think there's terrible teams in there. I don't think this is I think this is a year where there's really no terrible team in the Big Ten. It used to be you could always chalk up, you know, Maryland or I mean, I'm sorry, Rutgers and Illinois is like the worst teams of all. I don't think you can do that this year. All of them are they they have their strengths. Uh any so projected twenty twenty one record, Tyler? I've got them five and seven. Um, I have them going two and seven in the Big Ten. I mean, I just think their non-con schedule is really, really favorable there. I think that they can sweep that. Um, so I, I have them higher if you kind of keep a tally of than Michigan State and Maryland. I don't know if they're much better. Um, I think that's going to be really kind of an interesting, you know, series between those three teams for that. But I, I think they do end up with the best record at five and seven. Derek. I, you know, this is the game. I, I agree with everything you said there, Justin, about uh, bottom dwellers, and there's not there's not that easy pick. And this wasn't an easy pick, but I do have Rutgers as my bottom dweller, and really? it's all based. Yes, it's all based off their schedule. They they have a, a, a very tough schedule, and it's not so much the non conference schedule, but then you got to have to go to Michigan, then you got Ohio State, all before you go to Michigan State. It's just it's just the way it lines up. It's just very tough schedule. I think, and I have them going four and eight, and I have them going one and eight in the Big Ten. Wow, I have them going six and six. I like uh, Greg Schiano as a coach. I like what they return. You know, I mean, Noah Vedral, he he might be the weakness for that offense, but I think with another year under that system, I think he's going to be good. I think there's a lot of talent that's around him. Uh, Shiano's done a very good job. And if you look at Ruggers last year, I mean, they were basically competitive almost in every every game. You know, I mean, they uh, they played Ohio State tougher than what I would have thought, Indiana tougher. But, you know, I mean, the rest of the games were like almost, well, except for Penn State, I guess, you know, one possession games. Uh, give them a full year under that system and that coaching I think they could be scary for some teams. I, I think they could upset some teams. So, uh, I, I I don't disagree with you. I just I, I wonder where their psyche is at after probably getting their butts kicked by Michigan, Ohio State. I do have them beating Michigan State, but then I'm losing to Northwestern. I kind of wonder where their season goes from there. Like they start kind of giving up on the season a little bit. Well, it all, it all hinges on they have to sweep their first three games, their non-conference games, right? I mean, I think yeah. that's going to do a lot for the psyche. If they don't go 3-0, well, then, yeah, that, that's going to be out the door. They, they have to start out strong. I think, even if they, I think even if they go 3-0, there's a good possibility they don't win a lot of games in the Big Ten. Okay, well, we'll see. I, I, I like Greg Schiano, as I've said. but I, I do, too, and I think the future is bright. I just, I'm not sure under a normal year that this, this is his year. 
All right, let's move on to the West, and it's Illinois. And that's you, Derek. All right, so we got first-year Brett Bielma coming on in. Uh, Illinois went 2-6 and six last year. Of course, one of those wins was against Nebraska, which we all understand. They do have a lot return. They got nine on offense, nine on defense. Uh, key returners, man, they got Brandon Peters back. I, I don't know if that's great, but it's – Always better to have a returning starter than trying to replace a quarterback, I think. Uh, they got Chase Brown, though. Yeah, that kid, I think he's going to fit very well into what Brett Bielma is going to want to do. With a, with a strong offensive line. Uh, and then they got Jake Hansen, who's their leading tackler. Had ten tackles for loss and two and a half sacks last year. He was kind of a beast. Uh, I think he'll fit well into what Brett Bielma is wanting to do on defense as well. And the defensive line's pretty strong as well. Uh, for strength, I'm, I'm just going to stick with uh, the offensive line in general. They have four offensive linemen returning. Uh, even a guy that's, that, that is, wasn't a starter got plenty of playing time last year, I believe. Uh, weaknesses, I have to go with wide receiver room. Like, man, they lost Josh Amor to Bebe, and that was a lot of their offense right there last year. They also lost Casey Washington, and two of their wide receivers that are expected to do something is Marquise Beeson, who they who they end up recruiting out of uh, beating Nebraska for, but he was a defensive back turned wide receiver, and a quarterback turned wide receiver. So I, I'm just not sure what that room is going to do for him too well. Uh, as far as far as intriguing games go, I have. Uh, the Maryland game, I think uh, it, it's part of the whole bottom dwellers thing. Like you have, I, I think Illinois is probably the bottom dweller of the West pretty easily, and it, we had three in the Big Ten or the, the East. I'm sorry, so I, I think you could have picked probably any of those three games because Illinois is going to have to come up with. I think they'll come up with at least one victory out of, out of the Big Ten. I don't think they're going to go for nine. Uh, and then Virginia. I think I think Virginia was not a very good team last year. And I think uh, Brett Bielma will do a good job and try and find a way to beat them. Tyler? Well, before I get to my most intriguing, I just want to comment. So I, one thing that I did not realize until about 24 hours ago, I did not realize that Illinois brought in for offensive coordinator, former offensive coordinator at Appalachian State. And Appalachian State is not exactly a Brett Bielma mold for offense. Right. And so I, I, I agree with everything you said, Derek. I think their wide receiver room is abysmal. I think their offensive line is decent. You, you know, Brandon Peters is serviceable. They have a great running back. I think their front seven is good. They can do a lot of things that you would think a Bielma team would like to do. But I don't know. Is this going to be the Wisconsin repeat that everyone expected? Like, and I, I don't think so. I don't think that that's what he's... I, I don't either. I don't think that's what he's been building. Um, and, and about a week ago, I would have thought that is what he's trying to build, and that should be. The other weakness is their secondary might be the worst secondary in the country, at least Power 5. They're terrible. Um, so that goes to my most intriguing matchups. I got Nebraska as my number one. Like, like you're starting off the Bielma. You just... I mean, you ran Nebraska through last year. You have the most returning super seniors in the country. It's Bielma's first game. You're at home. It's week zero. Like, you you could catch, you in theory, if, if you 
if you're an Illinois fan, you're like, why wouldn't we beat Nebraska? Um, and, and then my other, my number two game is Northwestern. The way they end the year, like Northwestern at that point in the season, I think is going to be beat down a little bit. I think they have got a really rough ending of the season. Could could they catch an in-state rival off guard? Um, those are my two intriguing games. So to add to that intrigue there, Tyler, based off what you said with the uh, Appalachian State OC, and then you hear them coming out of camp and they're all being secretive on what they're doing on offense. Nobody's spilling the beans uh, on what they're doing. And I think everybody expects them to be you know, a run-heavy team like at Wisconsin. Are you buying into the fact that we may not see a run-heavy team? Well, I don't know what they're going to do. I think they should be a run-heavy team. Like, I, I, I mean... It, it, if they have any chance to beat Nebraska, I think it's going to have to be run heavy. Just because of their wide receivers. They don't have any good wide receivers right now. Well, and Brandon Peters is serviceable, but he with with those tight windows, those wide receivers aren't going to get gaps. Like, Cam Taylor if, Brett if, is going to pick. There's a play, if there's one player on this team that scares me, it's Chase Brown. Yes. So if you're not using him to his ability, yes. then that's on, that, that's on you as a coaching staff. Because that, that guy is probably – top five running backs in the in the big 10 100 agree everything you said there i agree so yeah i i hope they come out throwing like if they come out throwing the ball nebraska will win that game by three touchdowns i don't think they're going to but that, that's the intrigue that's the intrigue of it so their backup quarterback last year that isaiah williams that athletic dude they moved him to wide receiver during the yes. offseason yes. so that's i think that's interesting in of itself I mean, it could be, but is it good? It could, I mean, you don't you don't normally expect a big transition, especially in year one. I mean, Nebraska's had that, you know, a couple of times in the last twenty years. Sure, but not in year one. Not like, especially not in the first game. In and you're talking if you're talking like a Bobby Newcomb, like Jamal Turner. Yeah, but Jamal Turner again to Derek's point. I don't think he ever exploded like. If your example why this blueprint works is Jamal Turner, I, I think that you're stretching there. I mean, Bobby Newcomb could be that example, but I think Bobby Newcomb was just an exceptional athlete. I don't, I don't know if it translates there. Okay. I mean, I mean, how we've seen some other quarterbacks in college that uh, play wide receiver in the NFL. I mean. I don't know. I I don't think it's a terrible. I think I think it's probably I, I smart. Think, yeah, but I don't think they go in and start on an NFL team in year one. Yeah, but it's Illinois. It's not like <laughs> it's not like you're beating out That's a, the problem. people. That's the problem. He's probably going to start. Yeah. Well, I, he's penciled so in to the, start. The, really, the inexperience. The inexperience. I just I don't know how well that works out for him. Marquise Beeson, I believe, played uh, wide receiver and defensive back in 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 high school. So I mean, he could translate pretty decently, but I'm not sure about the quarterback. What is your projection for 2021, Derek? I have him going three and nine, and I have him going one and eight in the Big Ten. Tyler, yeah, exact same thing, Derek. Three and nine, one and eight, same, same, all the way. No, no uh, one has the one win against Nebraska, do they? Negative. Yeah, me. The pattern is full. 
you know, I mean, the, the eyes, the eyes on big, I always get their name wrong and I love them, but eyes on big podcast, they had a really good breakdown. And I, I, I'm really intrigued, but I think that they, they hit on that Illinois matchup against Nebraska really well. Um, I, it's going to be, God, that, that game is just so intriguing from both teams standpoint, like Nebraska should win that easily, but man, you're going to learn a lot about what the hell Bielma's doing down there. Beavis. All right. Uh, real quick, Derek, what is your one win for Illinois out of the Big Ten? Uh, Rutgers. Rutgers. Tyler? I hate that we did this. Like, I, I did not want to do this. Why? I, I actually have it, – it's a – I think there's a lot of parody in the Big Ten. I, I got it against Iowa. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know. And and so – okay, so listen – okay. God damn it. We, we're going to go down this thing. So the, the thing with that Iowa-Illinois game is Iowa, Illinois is coming off of a bye week. And Iowa, at that point in the season, will have just played at Northwestern and Minnesota and Wisconsin. And again, I'm going to get – I think Iowa is going to be riding really high going into that Illinois game, heading into – I think they're, they're – Iowa is going to be thinking they have a shot to win the West – Iowa is a team that likes to let down a game. I think they get Iowa, Illinois after a bye week. Like, there's just something. There's just something that tells me I think Illinois has a shot to upset them. I think that when you look at Illinois' weaknesses, um, it's secondary. I, I don't. Iowa's not going to be throwing the ball, so they're not going to exploit the weakness. I just think Illinois has a shot to catch them there. Um, so yeah, I I have their one win against Iowa. Judas Priest. Uh, I hope you're right. But I, even if it's not their only win, I hope they do beat Iowa. Just because, uh, yeah, screw Iowa. My only win is uh, against Maryland. But, D- Tyler, I, I need to see all of your picks. As soon as this is over, you need to send all these to me. Because you're blowing my mind. I, I need to ask these questions more often here. Wait, because... wait. S- s- says the guy who had... Uh... Michigan State beating Miami. Yeah, and that no longer is the craziest pick of the night so far. No longer the craziest pick of the night. My rationale makes sense. Illinois. I I think Michigan State beat Miami. I am. I I think Miami can beat Alabama in Week One. What? Yeah. (laughs) Craziest pick of the night. All right, you win. Not so fast, my friend. (laughs) Hold my beer. Alabama is replacing everybody to include their quarterback and all their wide receivers. And Derek King is going to be tough to stop. If it, if it was two weeks later and Alabama had a few games under their belt, I'd say no way. But week one, I think I think Miami could surprise them. Okay. I, again, I, I, I stand by it. You get – I think the matchup is as favorable on Illinois' side. They come off the bye week. Minute, I think I was going to be riding high. It just seems like it's it's a chance for an upset. All right, we'll see how that one plays out. Uh, let's move on to Iowa, and that's me. Returning starters on offense at seven, including Tyler's favorite quarterback Spencer Petrus, uh, the stud running back Tyler Goodson, and another stud tight end uh, Sam Laporte. Uh, Laporta on defense, a return seven. You know, they had a top 10 total defense and scoring defense last year. Games of interest, Indiana, and at Iowa State. You know, like uh, two games, you know, 
that are right off the bat. That's going to set, well, I would say it's going to set uh, the tone for the season, and it could, but they went started 0-2 last year. But uh, two great games right off the bat. I, I, I'm looking forward to those. Uh, I mean, God, that, that defense that Iowa has is going to keep them in every single game this year. Uh, one thing that I'm not quite sh- sold on right now is uh, the receivers. That's, that's the only weakness. But, I mean, with a defense like that, shoot. How often do they have a potent offense? Uh, they will be fine with that running game. Uh, Derek, thoughts? Well, I, one of the uh, key returners I would have I, I would have added in there was uh, Zach Van Valkenburg. On that defensive line, man, that guy was a beast last year, and he's just going to get better, I think. Uh, as far as intriguing games go, though, I I went with Iowa State as well because I Matt Campbell has yet to beat Iowa. They're going to be coming off a tough game. Can he get it done? That's going to be the question on everybody's damn mind. I don't think he can because he hasn't done it yet, so why would it happen this year? And Penn State. I think Penn State's a huge matchup. Yep, I had that one also. I'm going to add one more intriguing game at Northwestern. Um, it's on the road at Northwestern. Northwestern beat Iowa last year by a point. I mean, I think that's another game that, you know, you know, it, it, it's a popular Venn diagram. I think it's a Venn diagram is what you call it. But you've seen on Twitter, it talks about Minnesota, Iowa, and Nebraska fans and what they, like, all get along. And, yeah. like, the central fact that, that all three of those teams agree on is every year they think they're going to beat Northwestern. And it's so true. Like we always sleep on Northwestern, but you know they're 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 a sleeper out there. But I just want to comment this on Iowa. Like I talked about Penn State having the best defense in the Big Ten. If it's not Penn State, it's Iowa. And I think that a lot of people have like deemed Iowa as Wisconsin light. Man, I don't think they're Wisconsin light this year. I think their offensive line's better than Wisconsin's this year. I think their defense is better than this. I don't think their quarterback's as good as Graham Mertz. I think that's their weakness. I I, I have been very critical, um, and I think that ultimately he is just the reason why I was not going to get over the hump this year. Well, in twenty, 20- I, I don't know if Graham Mertz is the standard to set there. I I I'm think not I think Graham a- Mertz is the best quarterback out there. Well, I'm not either. He but had I- one really good game last year. And I just I don't I'm not buying it that he's this great quarterback. He's De- got to prove it to me. Derek, I I agree everything. But Petrus, like I said, Michigan State has the worst quarterback situation in the Big Ten. Petrus is the worst returning starter in the Big Ten. Like if you look at guys coming back, like no, I think Noah Vedral is a better quarterback. I think Brandon Peters is a better quarterback than Petrus. Like your Iowa hate is showing. Like, am I wrong? Do you, do you guys disagree? Do you think? Do you think he's a good quarterback? I'm not. I, I'm not buying Spencer Petras either. No, but I just don't know that the bar that be, that we're setting should be Graham Mertz. Oh, I, that's fine. But I mean, okay, gun to your head. Do you take Noah Vedral or Petras? I'd take Petras. I'd take Petras over Brandon Peters. Also, I would probably take Petras over Brandon Peters. Vedral. I think Federal actually adds a the run game to to their offense that would make it a little intriguing. I think their arms aren't much different. Gosh, I mean, nine touchdowns, five interceptions, fifty-seven percent completion. I mean, that is just that is not 
Those are not good stats. That's not what you want out of an Iowa quarterback. <laughs> All right, so do the other quarterbacks there. I only got him pulled open right now. <laughs> well, put me on the spot. Brandon Peters, <laughs> three touchdowns, zero interceptions. 48%. Noah Vedral. 48% as you whisper that in the microphone. Okay. 61%, nine touchdowns, eight interceptions. Okay. I mean, still not great. I'm not. I'm not taking any of these guys over Adrian Martinez. I'm just saying, like. And, and what were his? What were was his ratio there? We'll, we'll get to Adrian next week. His I'm just saying now. I mean, you just you just brought him up. He also had 71 percent completion percentage. And what? And what was the ratio? Was it five to three? Four to three. Okay. He's okay. also the most dynamic runner in the Big Ten. We're not talking about Adrian yet. We'll get on that later. What are your Iowa? Uh, what's your record for Iowa? So in 2020, they went 6-2. and two. They lost their two, first two games of the season by a total of five points against Purdue and Northwestern. Then they went on to annihilate everybody down the stretch except for Nebraska with a six-point win. Uh, in 21, this is a very, very young team. Uh, they have just two seniors on the team, and both of those guys are on defense. So Iowa's going to be around for a while. Uh, I think they go ten and two this year and eight and one in conference. Wait, say that again. Ten and two and eight and one in, in conference. And I think next year, I think they'll pro they're, they're going to be better. What were your intriguing games again? Oh, did I, uh, Indiana and Ohio, Iowa State. I I have them going nine and three and six and three in the Big Ten. I'm shocked that you have them that high, actually. But okay, good. All right, here I, comes the here comes the uh, Tyler hate for Iowa. I have them eight in uh, eight and four. Um, okay. I, I don't know if that's hate. No, it's not. Uh, it's, I thought I mean, you'd be six, six and three six. in the Big Ten. All right, good. All right. Yeah, I, I'm I'm buying Iowa stock at this point, especially with their roster moving forward. You know, they do have a tough – I mean, like, you talk about tough schedules. And, and, and again, I think, you know, you could point to a lot of teams in the Big Ten with tough schedules. But if you look at just their 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 matchups that are not, like, in division, they have Iowa State, Indiana, and Penn State. Like, I mean, that that is, like, across the board. I mean, those are fairly touch uh, tough matchups. And their, their week game is at Maryland on a Friday on the road. I mean, like – I mean, there, there's some. I think Iowa. They're a good team. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think Iowa. Like I said, they have. I. I feel like I'm saying a lot of praise for Iowa. I think they have a <laughs> their second best <laughs> offensive line in the Big Ten, the yeah. second best defense in the Big Ten. Like, like I feel like that is a lot of praise to be throwing Iowa's way. I just think their schedule's tough. They start tough, and I think they end. Man, they have two Friday games on the road. Like I think they, there's a few spots on that schedule you could trip up. I mentioned the Illinois game is one of them, but like I think there's a couple of trip up locations on their schedule. All right. Uh, next, we have Minnesota. Tyler, I know you love to talk about Minnesota, so let's let's hear it. Well, 
You know, I, I have been deemed the Minnesota hater on this podcast, and I don't believe that's accurate. I believe I am the Minnesota truth teller on the podcast. And, and you know, when you look at Minnesota, they returned 10 starters on offense, 10 on defense. They went 3-4 and four last year. Another not great year out of P.J. Fleck. Um, when you look at their, 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 their returning key players, I mean, we, you talk about the 83 Huskers as a big three. And this big three doesn't hold a bell to them, but it's a pretty damn good big three. When you look at Tanner Morgan, Mohammed Ibrahim, and Chris Audubell. Chris, I mean, Ibrahim might be the best running back in the Big Ten. I mean, this is going to be really, really high level, but their strength is their offense. Their offense, I said earlier, is the second best offense in, unit in the Big Ten behind Ohio, Ohio State. I think they're dynamic. Their weakness is that whole defense. I don't care they have 10 returning starters. It is not a good unit. It might be one of the two or three worst units in the Big Ten. That's that's Minnesota in a nutshell. You know, I have to tell you, just, just to add this in there, uh, to, 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 to your point here, with every team that I did, I tried to look at offensive stats and defensive stats to find key returning players. And all three key returning players I had on on Wisconsin or on Minnesota were offense. There was not one defender that I was like, "Oh, he's pretty good." Yeah, like there was just there just wasn't a lot. Of, I mean, they had like no interceptions hardly. They they did they just they didn't have a lot of sacks. They didn't I, they just didn't do a lot of anything really well on defense. I mean, again, I think that their defense is bad, and I don't know how bad it is. I think there's a lot of defenses they're compete for for the worst defensive unit. I don't think they're like clearly, and that's I think Minnesota's gonna be a you know a pretty good team. But I just they they got to figure that out. Like, I mean, if Minnesota really wants to compete, like, and I also think Tanner Morgan, while he is one of the best players, I think I do think he is a little overhyped. I, I think he is a little over on the overhyped side. He's a really good quarterback. Man, he he's not Phoenix if healthy. Like, I mean, he, there's a lot of quarterback. I think Graham there's Mertz has... There's not a lot of quarterbacks that are, though. I mean... But Graham Mertz has higher potential than him. I mean, uh, Tug Lavoya has higher potential. Like, Tanner Morgan is a really good steady Eddie. I mean, he's a game manager at the nicest there's a, degree. There's a lot of Minnesota fans that don't even think Tanner Morgan should be starting. Yeah. They, really? They, you watch that spring yeah, game. They want they want Zach, Zach Annex dead start because Tanner Morgan doesn't have as dynamic of an arm. He, he I mean, you, it's not hard to find that that fan base out there. He's just he's a good quarterback. I I would a lot of I, years. I, I, I will I will tell you this: out of the three games I've seen him play against Nebraska, I'm taking him ten times over Zach Annex dead. <laughs> because, because the one time that Nebraska played Zach Annex dead. We shut him down and hurt him, and then Tanner Morgan came in and came and made a comeback in 2018. And then 2019, they destroyed us. Yeah, and then last year we just I, we played a shit game. Tanner Morgan wasn't the play. reason we they won that game though. It was their running game in Abraham. I mean, yes, yes, but he still had a pretty good game against us. I mean, their offensive line is really good too. I mean, yeah. Again, you talk about Minnesota. Like I, I think that. This, this comes out as hate, but I think Tanner Morgan's a really good quarterback. I think their offensive line's really good, but I keep hearing, like, Tanner Morgan's the best quarterback in the Big Ten. He's not. Minnesota has the best offensive line in the Big Ten. They don't. Like, they're, they're, they they have a ways to go to catch Iowa. They have a ways to go, like, they're not there. And that that's the difference. They're really good. J- 
just not great yet. I mean, they they are upper tier in the running game, uh, include you know running back, offensive line. I mean, they're upper tier with the quarterback situation. I think. Yeah, I mean, they're they're upper tier, and they have I think the best running back in the Big Ten. Yeah, but we'll, we'll we will see what Tanner Morgan does without Rashad Bateman and Tyler Johnson, like. He has two guys. He had Rashad Bateman, who's a first rounder. He had Tyler Johnson, who was on a Super Bowl. He played meaningful snaps on a Super Bowl winning team last year. I like Bell. I like Chris on Bell. Let's just we'll see. We'll see what one ty- thing that we'll PJ see. Fleck has demonstrated since he's been there is coaching the ability to coach an offense. Yes, Defense, no. Yeah, you know, the, I don't. Even in 2019, when they had their 11 win season. They didn't do it because they had a solid defense. I mean, it was all offensively driven, and I think I, I'm not gonna, I'm not saying that they have a, like a 10-11 win in them this year, but they do have a offense that can really hurt people and keep them in games. Uh, shoot, where do we go from here? I I, I skipped my Intr- meaningful intriguing game. Yeah, I um I got min- Nebraska is my number one intriguing game for Minnesota. Um, it's right after a bye week. I think that uh, Minnesota and Nebraska has become a little bit of a rivalry. Um, I think that is my number one game if I'm Minnesota. And my number two game is Northwestern. Um, again, I think that Northwestern team, I kind of keep mentioning them. I think people keep sneaking on, sleeping on them, and they probably shouldn't. Derek? I, I, I will agree with you that Nebraska was one of my picks. But the other one I picked was Colorado. At Colorado, uh, Minnesota's 0-3 against Colorado. Now, they haven't played them since, like, 94 or 93 or so, somewhere in the 90s. I can't remember exact date. But uh, I, I think that's an intriguing matchup to me. It's a, I, it's a team they should beat. But as we all know, Colorado can tend to snake up on you once in a while. And I'm curious. And I think it's kind of uh, – Going to contradict, or not contradict, but uh, control what their season's going to do. I think a loss to Colorado could derail their season early. I mean, I I know that we talked about in week one how many great games there are going to be in week one. But uh, week three is another week where there's going to be a lot of games across the Big Ten that are really, that are going to be really fun to watch. It is definitely going to be a two TV type of day. Yeah, I agree. That Minnesota Colorado game is going to be fun. I, I I'm really looking forward to that one. Uh, who are you going to be rooting for in that one, Derek? You hate God, both I, teams. I do, I do, but I hate to say it. Go Buffs! What? Oh my God, Tyler! Who you? <laughs> you see Tyler's face right there? <laughs> Tyler, who are you rooting for in that game? I'm rooting for Colorado, but like I didn't think Derek would be. I. My, <laughs> Like, I I don't want to be the Minnesota hater. I but you you have been. You've always have been. I don't think I I think we let let me see let me see if PJ if PJ Fleck goes eight and four or better this year. I will get off the bandwagon. I think that twenty nineteen was an anomaly. I just I don't think he is that coach. I don't think he's that guy. Let's hear the twenty one uh, projections. I got them six and six. I got them uh, going uh, four and five in the Big Ten. Derek, I have them eight and four. Uh, I have them going five and four in the Big Ten. 
Same. I have eight and four, five and four in Big Ten. I, I think Maybe they're going to be a Minnesota hater. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right. That's all right, because we're be coming up on Northwestern, and I'm the Northwestern hater, so... All right, take it away. All right, Northwestern went 7-2 and two last year, and I, I think they took a lot of people by surprise. Nobody thought they were going to do this good. Uh, but look, they got four returning on offense, four returning on defense. This is uh, a rebuild year for them, and, and say what you want, but Pat Fitzgerald has not done well in rebuild years. And a lot of the reason is because he doesn't get a lot of backup playing time because he's always in barn burners. It's just it's just Northwestern's mo. They're just they they don't get a lot of uh, experience out of backups. Uh, for key returners, I got Cam Porter, who beat, ended up beating out Isaiah Bowser last year mid season and and had a, a relatively good rushing season. They got linebacker Chris Bergen coming back, and he just can't stand that guy. He just—he's a good player. He's a damn good player, but he's just stopped Nebraska so well, and he's—he's. He's, so I just learned to hate him so much. Uh, and, and they got Brandon Joseph coming back in the secondary, who had six interceptions last year in eight games. That's that's phenomenal. Six interceptions in eight games. Wow. Uh, I think I think the strength of this team is their defenses. It's not one player on defense. It's it's the team defense that they play. That has always been and always will be the strength of this team. Uh, I, I think their weakness is quarterback. They st- they still don't know who their quarterback's going to be. It's, I mean, the quarterback that's coming in was a transfer out of uh, I can't remember where he came out of, but they don't. It's been a killer for Northwestern for since Kane Coulter, at least. And so I, I, I don't see this year being a great year for them for quarterback. And it could hurt, hurt them quite a bit. Uh, for key game, for uh, key matchups here, uh, I got Michigan State um, early in September, first game of the year. They don't. They don't tend to play well at the beginning of the year under under Pat Fitzgerald. Uh, not only do they not play well, but it's in a rebuild year where he doesn't play well. It doesn't have a. Good, it doesn't usually have good teams. I, I think that's going to be very momentum building to beat Michigan State if they can do it. Uh, the other game is Wisconsin at Wisconsin. They always play Wisconsin tough, and. Can they do it again? I, I don't. I don't think they can beat them, but can they play them tough? Tyler, yeah. I. I. Well, I want to go just to quickly what you said about Northwestern. How concerned are you about them losing their? You know, I. I, I don't want to be. You know, too. I. I don't know what the word I'm thinking of, but the the too overzealous with this word, but legendary defensive coordinator. I think I feel like legendary is maybe a little bit too strong, but how big a deal is it that they're losing him? I, I think it's a big deal. I think I think it's a bigger deal than people are making it out to be. I, I think they could struggle a little bit, especially early on in the season. Yeah, yeah. I I, I like, think as, as, especially when you only got four returning starters on defense. I, I think that's a huge deal. I I I, I don't. Yeah, I, that's a good point. Thanks for bringing that up, Tyler. Yeah, I, I think that 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 is going to be intriguing with them. I, you know, offensively at quarterback, 
it's kind of one of those things that I, you know, I think they'll be fine in what Northwestern has been in quarterback. They haven't been good at quarterback in so long. And what I, you know, the difference between like a Northwestern and like an Iowa is really my expectation. Because I don't think Northwestern is competing for the West. If if anyone thinks that their quarterback is going to hold them back there, um, the, the, you know, I, I, I was applauding in the background. One of these days we'll videotape this, but I, I love that Michigan State, that was my most intriguing gig because I think that they haven't played well early in the season. Michigan State's not a good team, but they, you know what, who beat them last year? Michigan State. Like, uh, I, I think that is a huge game. My other game is kind of, kind of hit this with Minnesota. I think that Minnesota game, and really because I think that Minnesota game is like, who is going to be the fourth best team in the West? Is is it Northwestern or is it Minnesota? I think that's really the the tell for me. Um, wait, wait, it's between who? Northwestern and Minnesota for battling for fourth. I yes. Okay. And so I think that's kind of the 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 fourth place battle. Um, not that there's a lot of gap. Um, I only had Iowa eight and four, so as you can see, so that the, that Minnesota game is my other one. All right, let's talk about projections. What are your 2021 projections, Derek? Are, are you going to add, add anything to that? or I mean, maybe some intriguing games for Northwestern? or Well, looking at their schedule, I mean, I mean, maybe the Northwestern-Michigan game is intriguing. Uh, when I do these, I tend not to look at divisional games too much because, you know, I mean, they play those teams every single year. I kind of look at the out-of-conference and the cross-divisional games for the intriguing. Uh, so, Michigan, I guess. But, I mean, I, I like I like, I like like Northwestern this year. I think the over-under came out on this at 6.5. And, and we've had conversations in the past, Derek, that you don't like Northwestern, you know, you like the under in that, and I, I love the over. I like the over. I think Pat Fitzgerald, I think he's a great coach. I know he's not returning a lot of people, but he's always going to bring a tough defense. But, but he always struggles in rebuild years, and this is, uh, this is the epitome of a rebuild year when you only got four on both. He's, he's pretty... Last, last, last time he had a rebuild year was he had six returning on offense and defense, both, and he went three and nine. But you can't count... I mean, he's been coaching there, what... 16 years now you can go back you can go back when he's got eight nine returning on both or or close to that he has really good years but when he has six or less he struggles okay i i, I like them to go over that uh I, I i have him slightly under i am going six and six okay i am going three and six in the big ten tyler i i got them six and six but i got him going four and five in the big ten I have them at seven and five and four and five in Big Ten. Uh, so we're not that far off. Anyway. No, we're not far off. I, I, I was actually surprised that you had them that high. Uh, I have Purdue, lovely Purdue, and let's see here. They return nine starters on offense, including quarterback Jake Plummer. Running back Xander Horvath and the electric wide receiver David Bell. On defense, they also returned nine, but they also returned three new defensive coordinators or defensive co-coordinators, whatever you want to call them, co-defensive coordinators. Crazy. I've never heard of three. 
on a team, but we'll, we'll see how that I works I out. Didn't, I didn't like two on a team, yet alone three. Yeah, I, I don't know how that's going to work. It's uh, yeah, that, that's up to them. Uh, I guess Bob Diaco is so good that they need three to replace him. Uh, games of interest. I think it's going to be pretty cool. Purdue and Oregon State, they play. And uh, I don't know why this is interesting, but you know, seeing the Notre Dame playing back in the Big Ten, I think that's pretty cool. Purdue and, uh, at Notre Dame early in the year. Uh, get, uh, well, shoot. Take it away. Uh, you know, honestly, I – Oregon State was kind of my number one, too. Because yeah. Oregon State kind of finished with a little momentum last year. And so you kind of wonder what they're going to do. Uh, man, I, Purdue's defense just isn't good. Uh, I, I think the Northwestern game is a little intriguing to me, too. Because I think that's kind of like fighting for second to last in the, in the, in the conference. Yeah, I, you know I, I like that Northwestern pick because I actually am higher than I think a lot of people are on Purdue. I think a lot of people Purdue, think Purdue is that bottom dweller. Like to me, I think like they are Minnesota light, and what I mean is that they they are a really good offense. I mean their offense is going to move the ball, and their defense is bad. It's just as bad as Minnesota's. So, so what I'm saying is they're offensively they're going to put up points, and so. Um, when I look at intriguing matchups, I do like that Minnesota game kind of because they are the two teams that can't stop anyone and the two two of the better offenses. Um, I, I did like the Oregon State game. I did like the Northwestern game. And I also did circle the um, uh, Michigan State game and just really because I think that is a really pivotal game in the in the season of Purdue if they're going to make a bowl. I, I, I want to add one more thing. Uh, Justin, you talked about Xander Horvath, which – is a great key returner because he scares the living shit out of me for Nebraska. Big dude, big dude. We could we couldn't hardly tackle him last year, and he, he is a big dude. He's an ice cream he's truck, a hard runner. But I th- I think you missed out on Milton Wright. Oh yeah, yeah. I I think he's a little more key returner because I think that is a one two punch that is going to hurt a lot of defenses. I think that be outside of Chris Olave and and Garrett Wilson, this is either the second best and I, I would put maybe Maryland in there tied with them for second best one two punches yeah I mean I think that's one of their strengths right headed in 21 it's it's their passing offense you know the combination between Jake Plummer because turns out that dude actually can pass and uh with David Bell and uh uh Milton Wright I mean shoot that is a great strength that they have. But if you flip over to the weaknesses, you know, what their passing offense is a strength, their passing defense is a weakness. Their passing defense is pretty darn bad. Uh, and that, that goes along with what Tyler was saying. is just like, you know, the defense is just pretty poor. And I don't know, what, what can you really expect out of that defense? Uh, and you have to wonder if things start getting tough a little bit. And you know they will, especially defensively, how much these three defensive corners are going to start knocking heads and trying to figure out how to stop it. And, and it, does this become a big fight? Do they have their own coaching styles? That's di- I, I don't know. I, that's that's a dynamic that you, yeah, you don't they see. they can get out of hand pretty fast with Oregon State. I mean, UConn, they should be able to shut down. But then they got Notre Dame. 
Like, this this could turn out ugly real fast defensively for them. Well, and, and again, I talked about them being Minnesota light, and and again, I I agree. When you talk about their wide receivers, their wide that I think they have the second best wide receiver duo. I think they have actually a really good running back. I think Xander's a really good running back. I think Plummer's not as good as Morgan, and their offensive line is clearly not as good as Minnesota's. Agreed. But their defense is probably about the same as Minnesota's. Like, I I. Uh, I would lean towards they're a little worse in Minnesota. Really? Oh, man, I, I don't know. I, yeah. I think that's, that is a toss-up. Now, the question with the 3D Minnesota coordinate. Minnesota played some good, fairly decent de- defensive games. Against Nebraska. The the against Nebraska. Year. No, no. After Nebraska, even. In they, they Wisconsin. They played some pretty good defensive They played games. well against Wisconsin because Graham Mertz was overhyped and he didn't do shit. Um, but Purdue did not play good defense at all anywhere. I mean – no, I mean they did. I mean they gave up. I mean 24, 20 points to Iowa, uh, twenty four to Illinois, twenty twenty seven, thirty four, thirty seven, thirty seven. I mean they didn't. I mean, they got worse as the year went on, which Bob Diaco has a tendency. To yeah, do. I mean, but I I think that losing, even though you have three defensive corners, and that's weird, losing Bob Diaco is kind of an addition by subtraction. <laughs> right, yeah, I agree. Is that uh, guy ever going to get more than a year out of school, honestly? Who cares with what he gets paid in the buyout every time? <laughs> Why would you want to? Why would you want to? Hey, guy, I, I need to start being Bob Diaco. I, I mean, be a millionaire. I could be a millionaire and work one out of three years. He doesn't even need to wash his turtlenecks. He just buys them and throws them away. I mean, that's the life right there. God, American Psycho right there. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> All right, uh, Purdue projected in 2021. I have them going uh, four and eight, uh, two and seven in the Big Ten. 100% agree. I Derek, same, same I tell you what, we've been uh, pretty solid on this whole thing. Tyler? I, I've, we'll see what happens next week when we get to Nebraska. I, I've got them going five and seven. Um, I've got them going uh, – um, um, you gotta do math because I didn't do this math here. I apologize. I got them going four and five in the Big Ten. I've got them going one and two in non-con and uh, four and five in the Big Ten. You have them losing to Oregon State. I got them losing to Oregon State and wow. their name, obviously. I know. I know you don't have them losing to UConn. Okay. All right. Well, let's get to the final team of the night, and that's Wisconsin. Tyler, you lived in Wisconsin for years. That's your second home. Uh, you love Wisconsin, so let's hear it. He's a badger. He's a badger. He's wearing a badger hat, by the way. I am not wearing a badger hat. <laughs> How dare you? That's a uh, so Wisconsin were. nine returning starters on offense, eight on Cover defense. Up that they were four and three head. last year. <laughs> <laughs> they were four and three last year. Uh, key returners: uh, Graham Mertz. Uh, we kind of talked about him a little bit. Jake Ferguson might be the best tight end in the Big Ten. And uh, Jack uh, Sanborn, um, really good linebacker, exactly what Wisconsin known for. Uh, I mean, when you look at the strengths of this team, offensive line, defense, especially that linebacker core, it, it's it's Wisconsin football. They, they've had the same damn blueprint for 15 years now. It's not going away. Um, when you look at the weaknesses, I think their weapons on the outside is a kind of a weakness. Their wide receivers are never very dynamic, but I think they're especially bad this year. Um, I, I'm not a really big fan there. 
Derek. I want to talk about the running back for just a second. Uh, Jalen Berger, man, he missed three games last year and still rushed for 301 yards and two touchdowns in four games. Like, he, he, he's not quite Jonathan Taylor-esque yet. But that was the one thing that I was so concerned about last year coming into the season was they didn't have that player. They didn't have that dynamic running back. And I, I he came on strong towards the end of the year. Uh, I think they pushed too hard for Graham Mertz to throw in the ball for the first half of the season. The second half of the season, they kind of went back to the roots and started running the ball a little bit better. And I think Jalen Berger could, could, could be – a dynamic runner if if they allow him to do it. I agree. Yeah, I, I like what they uh what they'll do on offense, not as much as what I think that they'll do on defense. You know it's kinda of like Iowa, right? They don't need to score a lot of points. They Well I, I think that's the reason they went four and three last year is because they were running this pass heavy offense. And that's not what Wisconsin does. Wisconsin controls the clock and Keeps the ball out of your hands, so you can't score if you don't have the ball. And they didn't do that last year. They try. They tried to. I, I know it was a goofy year last year, and they got hit by COVID pretty hard. But they had three games last year where they scored uh, seven or less points. Three games. And that's absurd for a Wisconsin. It, it, yeah, absolutely. I, mean, I don't think it happens again, I will say that, before we get into predictions, but I don't think it happens again. No, I mean, it's, I think, it's, it's I just think a, they learn their lesson. It's a straight-up anomaly, uh, but, uh, you know, that funky year. But you talk about Wisconsin last year, and, and again, maybe it's COVID, maybe it's a COVID year, but then, then they go score 20 points to end the year, but that's against Minnesota, which we beat up Minnesota's defense. Like, in overtime. In overtime. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know what... I really don't know what to make of Wisconsin. What I will say, though, is Wisconsin is beginning to get a really interesting juncture in their thing because they've been this team that's in really good defense, really good running backs, really good offensive line. They're starting to get some recruits in there. They're starting to get some athletes. And and I don't think that's going to come into play in 2021. I think they're probably a year away from these guys. But, man, I think that, like, if Wisconsin, if if Graham Mertz is what the national media wants Graham Mertz to be, and I think he's got the potential. I don't think he's there, but if he is that guy where like everyone has him as the best quarterback in the Big Ten or second best, if he's that good, Ohio State might need to watch out, like because Wisconsin's coming for him. Well, I mean, if, uh, that's a big I, if. I alluded to this earlier with Iowa, also being as young as they are. Wisconsin is the same thing. You're right. Their recruiting has definitely picked up. I think Wisconsin and Iowa are on the verge of really separating themselves from the rest of the West. Like, big time. With the exception of Nebraska. We'll put leave Nebraska in that category. I mean, you, you can't, but I mean, if you want. <laughs> but... It's going to be Wisconsin and Iowa. No, I I think that the, the I, I don't necessarily agree with that, but I also wonder what is going to happen with Wisconsin because I firmly believe that Barry Alvarez has big hand in this football yeah. team over the last twenty years, even as an athletic director. And with him gone, I wonder how it's going to go. That, that because Paul Chris is a good coach at Wisconsin. But so is Gary Anderson. Gary Anderson's out of a job. Well, are, are you are you saying that Alvarez is holding his hand the whole time over the last 
five, six years that he was there, seven years, six years, whatever. Possible, yes. I, I, I think I think I mean no one has left Wisconsin. I think that's a fair point, Derek. There, there has never there has never been a head coach at Wisconsin since we've been around or since we've been in the Big Ten that's been a bad coach. And you don't find that funny when they've gone through what three, four coaches now. And every time they leave, they suck. Yeah. Brett Bielma, like Gary, like Anderson. they don't leave Wisconsin and get better. Yeah, I, I think that's a really good point. So I, I think that what the Big Ten West is on. You kind of hit this, Justin, with Iowa. I think Iowa continues to get better. I think Wisconsin is trending upwards. I, I do think Nebraska is trending upwards. I think you're starting. I think Michigan is kind of at this really interesting juncture where if they move off of Harbaugh, where happens to them? Like, I think that you're about to see the West and East, where the East has been this predominant side, and the West has kind of been this laughing stock. Like, I think, and, you know, Northwestern, I don't think, which, is going which, away. Which is really funny because if you look at the overall records, they're pretty even. Well, Ohio State's a separate, but I think that. But, but, but Ohio State, yes. But I, but I think the West is coming. I think the West is coming. If you look at just the East versus West records, it's pretty even. But, but I think the West is coming. I think the West, over the next couple years, I think you're going to see Nebraska get in the mix. I think your Northwestern is still going to have that team that's tough to beat. Um, and Iowa and Wisconsin, I think that, man, I, I, I really do. I think the I, West is catching them or, or I surpassing will, them. I, I, I think there will continue to be. A lot of parity in the in the West and the East. I'm just not sure if there's ever going to be parity for a while. Yeah, Ohio State seems to have lapped that. I mean, Penn State's in there. Penn State's in there. We'll see what yeah, Indiana. They're, they're, it's they're Ohio State and Penn State. Just like in the I, West, it'll be Wisconsin State, and Iowa. Like Penn State's won once in the last like five years. Other than that, it's been Ohio State. Yeah, yeah. You know, Northwestern's won a couple times. Iowa's won once. Wisconsin's won a couple. Like, there's been some parity in the in the West. There's been very minimal parity in the. Hey, by by the I original guess, I guess rules, Michigan State did win it one year. By the original rules, Indiana should have won the East last year. Yeah, but they did lose to they lost Ohio State, and they played them tough. But at the end of the day, they did lose to them. I, I get where Ohio State fans are coming from on that, but. It was pretty blatant that the, that the Big Ten was willing to bend the rules for him. Hell yeah. Because that was their baby. Hell they yeah, man. It. All right, let, let's get the, the the picks here for Wisconsin. All right, it's on you, Tyler. Okay, so I have Wisconsin going 10-2 uh, and 7-2 and two in the Big Ten. I have 11-1. and Or name. Yep. 11-1 and one and 8-1. and one. You haven't beat Notre Dame too. Yeah, Jesus, I have the I much. have their only loss in the first game against Penn State. I have them going ten and two and eight and one. I, I don't think they I don't think they beat Notre Dame. Who's uh, the the Big Ten loss? Uh, Penn State. That's it. Yeah, me too. Okay, I got them losing to Penn State in Iowa. But you have I, Illinois beating Iowa. Jesus parody, man. Christ, parody, man. baby. Jesus. Uh, it's not going to be a chalk season. I mean, you got you got to look for the upsets where you think they could happen. Yeah, you're wrong. Uh, yeah, I tell you what, this is a lot of fun. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, we'll post our uh, – once we get Nebraska, 
uh, fit in there with all of the wins and losses. We'll go ahead and we'll post our West and East standings. Uh, that'll be fun. I'm really curious on where you guys have Nebraska. Tyler, you're holding your hand up. So what's I just, up? I, I just want, I want to recap. It, so we went through this real. We went through this, and I was trying to keep an eye. What was the biggest difference? Like, was there anyone that we were all like very much off on? I feel like Minnesota was the most. I think that you had them eight in. We we you guys had them eight wins right? You both have them eight wins, and I had them six. Yeah, I, I was more favorable on Ruggers than you two. I had them at six and six. I had them five. I had them four. Yeah. yeah it, the... uh, let's see. Here, looking across uh, Iowa, I definitely was more fit. Fa- well, shoot, I guess you had nine and eight. I had ten wins for Iowa, but I had eight. I mean, I don't think we were totally crazy. Just other than Minnesota and Ruggers, really. I think we were all within a couple, you know? There was two or three teams that we all picked exactly the same. Yeah, me and Derek were pretty uh, on par. I think he copied my paper. Or... Because I know what you have Nebraska going, so... But you know what? Maybe we think alike because we're cousins, maybe? Oh! You know what? (laughs) Uh... Yeah, Nebraska. I, you know, it's going to be interesting next week with Nebraska because Derek, you think we're going to be far off? I don't think we're going to be that far off. I think we're going to be. I think you and I will be pretty close together. I don't think Justin. I don't think Justin is going to sandbag it as much if as you Ju- think. If Justin, if Justin is anywhere near what you and I are, he's lying to the audience because he does not believe anything he's saying. Fair enough. Can Can I just say what it is now? Would I have him going? No. No. Tune in next week. To see <laughs> if Justin is full of shit or being honest with everyone. Uh, I, I'm honest. I will be honest. I uh, promise you. Uh, Let's get out of here, boys. All right. Hey, special thanks to our producer, Connor Russell, for putting this audio together for us. Be sure to follow the Husker Cuscast on Twitter, at Husker Cuscast. Like us on Facebook. Look for episodes anywhere you get your podcast. Hit that subscribe button, and don't forget to rate, review, and share. On behalf of Derek and Tyler, we want to thank everybody for listening. And as always, go Big Red.